What's going on, everybody? My name's Dallas. You're listening to Vic Food Stories. And this is the podcast where we talk about food in and around Victoria, British Columbia. And this is the return episode because it's been forever since I've done one of these things. So you can thank the people at the Root Cellar for getting in touch with me and getting me off my butt and making another one of these things. <laughs> and I'm here with Daisy, who's one of the owners of the Root Cellar. Daisy, thank you very much for the time. It's my pleasure. So if, I mean, I don't know who hasn't been to the Root Cellar, honestly, but if somebody hasn't been, how would you describe the Root Cellar to someone? Well, our mission statement is that we are a destination market for extraordinary food experiences. So that is the, that is the, you know, the pie in the sky that we're shooting for every day. Um, and I do, I do think that that is what we're delivering, but what is extraordinary is different to everybody. Okay. Um, so that's something that we're always mindful of, but we're, we joke that we're the little green grocer that could, you know, we're a corner store that, um, people fell in love with and we became a big corner store. Um, we're locally focused. We love what we're doing. We're there to, um, get people excited about food, where their food came from is coming from, who's growing it, who's making it, how good it can taste, how elaborate it can be and how elaborate it doesn't need to be. Um, we spend a lot of time, we spend 900 hours a year shopping, cooking and eating. Um, and we believe that you can enjoy all of that, not just the eating part. So it kind of, we kind of feel like it starts with us. So we're here to like get you excited about the shopping bit. I do got to be honest that, and, and I will, I said this earlier to you, I don't know the last time I bought produce anywhere, but at the root cellar <laughs> and we're talking like the past seven, eight years. So, I mean, yeah, again, if you haven't been, I don't know what you're doing, please go in and, and see them. But I do enjoy my trip into the root cellar every time I go. And one of the things I do appreciate a lot is the little sign at the front that sort of has all the producers and people that mm. you work with. And like, I, I just love that the showcasing that you do of local producers and local growers and everyone. I mean, that sign probably has 30 farm names on it. Yeah, we wish we could fit them all. We buy from over 200 growers, makers, um, bakers, the pesto guy, the jam lady yeah. um, in BC. And then we, we do import some things. But, um, but yeah, they kind of, they all deserve to be on that sign. There's a lot of them. Of course. Um, the way it was described to me, and I thought it was really cool, is, is uh, actually Susie. She said... It has a nostalgia of a farmer's market, but mixed into a grocery store. Hmm. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah. Because I thought that was a really cool way to describe it. It is actually my um, my girlfriend's sister and her husband were over. I think I told you this a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. And the highlight of their trip. Oh, no, I, I don't know if I told you. It might have been Susie. But the highlight of their trip for like Patrick was his visit to the root cellar. <laughs> the whole weekend, we took them and showed them a bunch of stuff. His highlight was going to the root cellar. Oh, that's funny because that is my all-time favorite entrepreneur experience is when I'm walking through the store and I overhear someone with an out-of-town guest or a college student whose parents are visiting and they're touring them around their grocery store with great pride. Um, like, look where I get to shop and they have, they have this neat thing and you have to try this. And they're actually like, I don't want to say marketing it, but they're delivering our enthusiasm forward um, because they're so bought into the experience that they have there. And it's like the most rewarding um, 
gift sort of have that delivered back that you know that it's kind of working and coming coming full circle when yeah. I'm, I'm having a crappy day i just need one of those and i was like that's why we're doing it get back out there <laughs> to know that you're like incorporated you're a part of so many people's lives yeah it's crazy and people to be that invested yeah it's i mean a lot of people is just a grocery store <laughs> but that it means a lot to people is it's a really big deal to us i guess fundamentally it is but it, it is more than that it's a lot more so like, like when you said about the mission statement at the start, was that mission statement always in place or did, has it changed over the years? Um, I don't think we really had one when we opened. When we had one, we had like a really technical one um, that was, you know, more like a little checklist. Um, but when we finally sat down and tried to define like what we're about, um, yeah, that's what we came up with. Okay. I don't think it's ever going to change. I hope not. <laughs> I don't think you need to change it. No. So if we, I kind of want to go back in time. So your husband and you own uh, the root cellar. And what is your guys' story as far as like food goes? And how did you sort of, how did this idea of owning a grocery store come up? How far back do I go? Um, we, my husband, Adam and I have been together for 3,000 years. Um, we both grew up in homes that had root cellars. We had lived in households that grew a lot of their own food, um, but kind of different angles on that self-sustainability. Um, and so what's a root cellar, by the way, definition for people that don't know? Okay. It's the, I mean, it's the heart of the home. It's where you keep the food that you grow and harvest and preserve. It's where your potatoes and your onions and your vegetables are stored for the winter. It's also where all your canning is. Um, sometimes it's just a room in the basement. It's always a room that's a bit cold. Sometimes it's dug into the side of a hillside with a trap door. There are many variations of the root cellar, um, but it's always a cold room in or near your house where you keep nourishment, usually that you've grown or collected um, that sustains you. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And so the, the sort of how you guys got started. Um, yeah, our families both grew a lot of their own food. So sort of that idea of eating close to home was just a value that we were raised with. Um, we spent 10 years in the Okanagan um, learning um, the farm market business um, and realized that we wanted to do it for ourselves and slightly differently um, with a heavier focus on sustainability and local food sourcing um, and sort of the values around mealtime being the core of what we were doing. And we kind of set out to find our customers, find the people that believed in what we believed in. And it, I mean, there were a lot of stops along the way, but it brought us to Victoria. Um, and I really feel like we, we got that part right because people are just excited about it. Uh, we joke that they were like literally starving when we opened our doors because we did not anticipate um, the onslaught. Of so right from the start, it was pretty much people yeah. just like all in. Yeah, it was bananas. Because the, I mean, the store has evolved over the years. It's gotten a lot larger, but like how, how much, when you guys expanded several years ago, mm -hmm. how much bigger did it get? Because I don't actually remember what it was like before that. So we opened in 2008 in about 4,500 square feet. Um, with eight staff, you can imagine. Um, and now we're 10,000 square feet and 120 staff. Um, 
and there were, I've been, there were a few, um, when we did the chop shop and the potting shed, I believe that was seven or eight years ago. That was kind of our largest, um, spatial expansion. And then we did the coffee project four, four years ago, four or five, I should know. Um, <laughs> um, so that was just taking over that front little space. Um, but yeah, so we, we've essentially doubled in size and then. Well, just that expansion staff going from eight to 120. Yeah. Like that's, that's absolutely insane. Was there a point in time there where it grew? Like, was it always around those expansions where it grew quickly or has it been sort of a steady incline going the whole time? No, it was always a steady incline and then it just accelerated when we expanded, I would say. I mean, the customer count was always increasing. And then when we added the departments, just the basket spend went up, obviously, and more customers came. But that was the biggest difference was was the basket size. Okay. Yeah. And And running the store now, like before you guys got into it, and I mean, it's amazing to me that you guys spent like 10 years, you said, like sort of understanding the the business and really getting your minds like being experts in that area to be able to do it properly. Um, like owning a grocery store and and having everything you have now, having the coffee shop, everything. What did you think it was going to be like before you got into it? And like, what does it feel like now? Have you, is that, is that, is there a change there? Like, is it tangible or is it kind of what you expected or? <laughs> oh, no, it's nothing like what we expected. We were very open to having a little shop and living upstairs, like a corner store heavily focused on local food and produce. And we live in the apartment upstairs with our three kids that we were super down with that scenario. Um, that's not what we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I know well, you, you might've started in a situation where maybe you could have had that at the very start, Yeah, but we now it's like, a lot yeah, you've, on gone, the couch. you've gone way past that situation now. No, we never, we never, um, we thought that we might have more than one location, maybe one or two, maximum three at the time. Um, but um, we didn't envision each location being what it's become by any stretch. So in the in the location on Mackenzie there, how did you find that spot? Like, how did that all happen? Um, we did a lot of research. We were living in the Okanagan, so it was a bit of a haul to come. But we did, well, actually, that's a lie. It felt like a lot of research. The internet was terrible at the time. Um <laughs> And, and what year was this? Um, it was 2007. Yeah. So like, was Facebook around then? Not for business. Yeah. That's no what I Facebook mean. Like for business, no social media, really for not, no, nothing. And even then, um, big businesses had websites, but like plumbers and electricians didn't have websites. We actually came on one of, we did three research trips. We came here three times before we moved. That was it. Um, was there other contenders, other cities? Um, Initially, like we visit, but once we set foot there, we realized, no, like we, we, we actually looked, um, at mid Island, Courtney Comox area, um, a couple spots on the mainland. We looked at Nelson, um, but no Victoria, we just kind of knew, um, I lost my train of thought. I was telling you a funny story. Shoot. It's gone. Uh, my, my brain right now, there's so much going on <laughs> in life that I literally have like a five second retention span. What are we talking about? Uh, we were talking about, um, before I cut you off, what it's like to run a grocery store and has that changed over the years? Okay. It's gone. That's okay. <laughs> I do that quite often. I try my best not to like cut people off and say stuff, but sometimes I'm like a little kid and I want to, I'm like, I have to say this now. <laughs> if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget. No sweat. 
I was on a tangent. I just don't know where I was going. Okay. Um, so last year, everything's rolling along and then the pandemic hits. What is, what does that night look like when everything's shut down for you guys? We didn't shut down. Well, no, but I mean, as far as everyone else shutting down in the world, kind of yeah. in this chaos mess, um, what is that night? Like, what is, what would that have felt like for you, like owning this essential service? and nobody really know what's going we on. We were a bit blindsided by the term essential service because we never set out to open an essential service. I was we going to ask like, you about that. We're yeah. going to open a business that if you don't have this product, you might die. Like that was never part of our <laughs> thinking. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't part of anybody's language ever until pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I remember Googling, like, do we count? Are we an essential service? I don't like obviously we sell food so we are but i remember actually like looking it up and not being certain i wasn't sure if it was just going to be you know the big stores that also sold bloody toilet paper um if you had to like offer everything for it to count as essential like i and it was vague at first um so we just kind of carried on until things became clear um which was not quickly um things were <laughs> very muddy um so yeah, we just navigated as best as we could. We didn't close for a second, um, yeah. which was interesting. A lot of working through the night, putting up plexiglass and signs everywhere and all of, well, all of the things that everyone's familiar with now. But I mean, um, you were even on the ground, like with the, the markers of six feet and you were like writing little messages on the tape and stuff, right? <laughs> I couldn't bear the idea of people not feeling safe getting food. Like our whole goal that we were, that we that we get to be somewhere you look forward to being was, it was just a very interesting lens. Like if you don't feel safe here, then we have nothing. Um, so yeah, we just, we just did every little thing we could. And it was, for me, it was maybe if I write a joke on the floor, maybe it'll bring your day, your shitty, shitty day when all you get to do is go to the grocery store. And we had to be mindful of that too. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Say um, whatever you want. We have to be mindful of that too, right? That this is a lot of people's only outing. And At that, that time, 100%. That was a lot of pressure too, in a strange way. There was one point where we actually, we considered putting up signs because people were you know, lined up outside, sometimes in the cold, sometimes in the rain. And, um, but people would be so excited to be shopping that they would shop so slowly and they would bump into their friends and chat it up because they don't get to do that anywhere. So we were like, what do we do? Like, you need to, you need to move along. People are outside in the cold, but how do we, we love that you're enjoying being here and that this is a highlight and that you might see someone and that it was so great. We had this sort of heightened opportunity to see the community that existed around our store because people were bumping into people and having longer chats and things. So it was just really, really visible, that quality. Um, that we thought that we always strove to build, but you were, you know, you can't always see it. You can't always tell for sure. So it was, it was fascinating to get to actually see it and feel it. Um, but, you know, we joked about putting up signs up, you know, like, you know, someone else might need the hummus. Can you move along? Like, ha, 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 how do we say that nicely? <laughs> we didn't do it. Um, but it was, it was, it was tricky to be, it was, it was strange to have to be mindful of that. Yeah. Like wanting people to, hurt it was, bizarre. it was such a bizarre time so many bizarre things that's just one of a million but well i can imagine it and like if you are i mean i don't i don't think you could do it any any other way other than kind of like one step at a time yeah and if something doesn't work then you don't do it again or you just try something else and you know 
we just always off. batted. We always just tried aimed for more caution than would be necessary. Um, so we did take measures. We didn't have to, we did invest funds. We didn't need to, but you can't feel too safe was kind of our logic. Right. Um, and it worked out. Yeah. Cause you don't know like someone else, you don't know what their comfort level is. Right. Yeah. So you kind of just, I, I think it's a good idea to sort of start from like the very, very extreme level of like caution. Yep. And then go back from there a little bit. If somebody wants to do something else, then. Yeah. That's um, what we taught our team. Every customer, as soon as this is their first time stepping out into a grocery store, right? And they might be anxious. They might be, they might be fully scared. We don't know. Um, so don't assume that people are comfortable. It's, yeah. I mean, back then I was, I was wearing gloves and I was like masked up before a lot of people were wearing, oh, wearing the masks. costumes. We saw some costumes. Do you have a favorite one? Yeah, we had like we had some like welding masks and like beekeeper suits. We had oh, yeah. some really elaborate stuff, not like crazy like pots and pans and stuff like you see online, but we had some pretty extreme measures. Yeah, it was Yeah, I had my I had my rubber gloves. So I remember I just, your rubber gloves. Yeah. I, I was doing them or, or my uh whatever gloves. Yeah. Yep. No, I just I was doing what I did, did what I was doing to feel safe. Yeah. But um during this time it, for me, there's a few places that stand out as far as like entrepreneurship, because when things get hard, that's really where entrepreneurs, if you're a true entrepreneur, I think it sort of shines through because like you're going to figure out a way to get stuff done no matter what, <laughs> whatever that takes. And there were some really cool things that you guys did, um, like the letters that you were sending out to the community because mm. that started after yep. COVID, right? Yeah. And so for people that aren't aware of what those were, those were you kind of connecting with the community and just sending out thoughtful messages. Yeah, it was reminders. just, it was a letter at the top of our newsletter. It just felt really important for people to know that we were sort of in the trench with them, that we were human, um, that we actually cared, um, that we wanted to know if we could do things better or differently to help them feel safe and comfortable. Um, yeah, we just really... I needed, we needed to humanize the whole crazy thing that we were all going through together. Like we needed, we needed that connection we felt was just so important that it was something we were all experiencing, not just customers, not just staff. It was actually something we were navigating together. Um, and it was, I mean, I started writing them. I just needed to get some shit out. Um, but they were well received. So I kind of kept going. Um, and yeah, it actually created quite a lovely intimacy between our team and our customers that I didn't expect. Um, but it was, I think it was, I think it's been quite rewarding for our team to, to be frontline workers. Um, something that they didn't know they were signing up for. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I'm, I'm. I'm touched by that, that they were actually able to feel important, not just that they're a 17 year old working in the grocery store. You know, it's, it's, it's bizarrely shone a favorable light, not, not favorable that it's not accurate, but it's shone an accurate light. Like people used to really value farmers. People used to really understand that if there were no farmers, <laughs> we're in big trouble, but we take so much for granted right now. Um, or we've, we've evolved to take that for granted. Yeah. I mean, our society is just, I feel like it, it's, it's this abundance of infinite resources that yeah. everywhere you look, if you want something, you can just find it. Like it, it didn't, 
it's almost like you don't conceptualize it that somebody had to grow that or make that thing. It's just, you go to the store and there it is. Yeah. And, um, like food security is, is so fundamentally important and supporting people that are local. Like maybe you could go to a store and get something that is more, maybe it's cheaper because it's imported from wherever the food, whole food mouth situation to me doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It's so crazy, mm -hmm. but, um, you could go get something cheaper, but I just, I, I always advocate for people to like, if you, if there is a farm nearby, like go check them out. And if you can buy directly from them, fantastic. Cause you're going to support them directly. Mm -hmm. But I think that there certainly my feeling is over the past year that there has been sort of more of a, um, a reawakening of people being aware that there are people like growing locally and they need to be supported because I feel like before the pandemic, the stuff was more taken for granted than it is now. Absolutely. People have become, at least our customers, far more conscientious of where their food dollars are going and the power that their food dollars hold, uh, any of their dollars, really. But, um, you know, for the purpose of this conversation, their food dollars. And I think that people um, actually found it rewarding in a new way to know that they were keeping those dollars here on the island um, supporting a locally owned business with local staff who supports local you know, all the way through the chain. Um, so yeah, definitely a heightened buy-in and a huge acceleration of understanding of the food systems that exist and, and the power we all have to impact them. Yeah. It's great. We all do have a voice with your, with your dollars yeah. and where you spend that. Yeah. And it seems like the, the community really does appreciate what you guys do because correct me if I'm wrong, but is it 12 straight years of best produce yeah. in the city? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah, the 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 Vic News um yeah. uh best in the city awards. And I think you guys did win as well. Um what was the other one? It was this about year, the response, I think. This right? year we won for COVID response with the Greater Victoria Business Awards. That was kind of a blindsiding. <laughs> um that was very touching. Not anything I would ever think I'd be, you know, taking off of my things I've achieved list. <laughs> um, but yeah, very touching to be recognized. For that. And again, to me, that just, that just speaks to entrepreneurship because when, when, when the world's falling apart, no one knows what's going on and everything is insane to try it, like to sort of have this pressure, knowing that people rely on your business and then to have to try and navigate that. I just, I can't imagine. So that's, that's for me, that's where someone's like true values and sort of how they operate. That's where it shines through because things are hard. And then you're almost sort of on autopilot, I imagine on some level. Is kind of going with what makes sense, but that's where that stuff shines through. Well, thank you. So it's nice to hear. I, I think, yeah, I'm very, there were a lot of days where we were very grateful that we were a small business because we could just change our entire operating system overnight. You know, bigger stores don't have that liberty. They have to wait for instructions from head office or, or whatever. Um, and we, we did that a lot of times. Um, what were some of the examples of the changes you made? <clears throat> well, even just the requirements of Plexi and customer accounting and things, right? Like we weren't given notice. It was often this starts tomorrow and we didn't have stuff for that. Or, you know, we had to hire people just to clean stuff. People just cleaned all day long. Mm. Um, we had to buy, we had to rent a storage container to keep all of our cleaning stuff in. Like, quite ridiculous um yeah hiring people just to fill new roles the greeter at the front um what else um and it didn't all come at, at first there weren't rules so we just did what we thought 
was the best we could do in the interest of health and safety for our staff and for customers. And then the rules would come down about numbers of people in offices and it, you know, it got more clear and specific. So sometimes we had to tweak things. And, um, and so moving ahead now, I mean, there's been such a steady, steady progression with the root cellar that for anyone that doesn't know, I'm actually sitting right now in the second location which thank you very much for the sneak peek. It looks completely wild. I couldn't take photos. I can't show anybody anything, but the space is absolutely incredible. And I, I will say, I mean, it's not done yet, but if you like the other store, this one, you're, you're going to fall in love. Like even if, <laughs> I'm not going to say if you live by the other one, you're going to come here, like drive here instead. Cause you're still going to, I mean, that one's amazing. But if you live near here, like I do, you're, you're like so incredibly lucky that no matter what location you go to, you're just going to be in heaven. This I, I can't wait to see the final product here. And for people that don't know, this this uh, second location is uh, in Cook Street Village. Oxford Corner. At Oxford Corner. So how did, um, how did this come about? Because I think you guys, have you been looking for a while for a second location? No. Um, <laughs> when we came here almost 14 years ago, we fell in love with Mackenzie Corner and Oxford Corner. Um, Oxford Corner, neither was available. They were both happily occupied. Um, we approached both businesses and Oxford Foods was not remotely interested in talking to us at that time. And um, uh, the big barn market at Mackenzie Corner took some wearing down, but we got him to have a conversation with us. And it took several months to talk him into selling his business to us, um, which has just become our way. <laughs> um, so we acquired that location and originally had thought we would have more than one store, but that store became multiple stores in one. You know, it's the meat shop, it's the flower shop, it's the coffee shop. So we kind of feel like we have five stores under one roof. And we shifted our focus when we did our kind of the last expansion um, to becoming really destination worthy. So instead of having one, a stone throw away for everybody, we wanted to focus our energy and sort of the goal became to be like the pot of gold, you know, be worth getting in the car for. Um, and that just aligned with all of our other values of being something you want, you look forward to. Um, so yeah, we became, that's, that's when, that's when we tuned up the mission statement actually, mm. and actually started using that language, calling it a destination market, um, which we still, it's still the objective with this store. I just feel like <laughs> that was, um, you just have two destinations to choose from. Yeah. And <laughs> so I am super pumped about how it looks down there. Is there something you're super excited about in this location that's coming? Well, I know the kind of answer you're hoping for. So I have to ask me again, but um, the thing I'm currently most excited about is being part of a community. We are all alone on Mackenzie Corner. There's nothing. There's no business nearby. There's nowhere to go and grab lunch except for our own space. There's nothing. Nothing you don't have to get in a car for. Um, so being part of a business community and is amazing. Even already, we're not even open. Um, but just the camaraderie of having neighbors is really, really uplifting and exciting. And it's not um when we when we started pursuing the location, it's not um wasn't on our radar as being a huge benefit. Obviously having businesses nearby brings traffic and all of the technical, you know, benefits. Um, but uh 
it really feels great to be part of something instead of the something. Um, I was going to ask about that. What 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 it would feel like to actually like be in Kochi Village because that is that is a very radical difference versus the other mm-hmm. one. It's amazing. Even just you know, you walk out the door at Mackenzie, and no no one's just milling about. People are shooting by on their bike or they're waiting for the bus, but no one's just there because it's Sunday and they want to be there. That doesn't happen. <laughs> They've come to go to the root cellar or they're carrying on. Those are the options. Um, so sometimes I leave here at seven at night and I walk out the door and just sit there bodies moving around and people having lives and walking their dogs. It's just like, it makes me very excited to open the doors. And it wasn't, it wasn't really a huge factor. I didn't, I mean, it's kind of been a lovely surprise. Isn't it interesting yeah. how that sort of happens? Yeah. Like some, like things you can't anticipate, then they, then those become like sort of paramount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you don't know until you try, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just got so used to being a silo. Yeah. Um, we're not anymore. So here, I mean, Oxford Foods was around for so long. Mm-hmm. They have a legacy, like a big legacy. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any pressure? Like coming into the space with considering they have this, they were here for so so long. There's a lot of pressure to have a bank machine. Okay. We are not going to have a bank machine. So you're here. We're to very hear. we're no very sorry. We're very sorry. There's one at the liquor store across okay. the road. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah, there's a bit of pressure. We love that their location as well had been a farm market for since 1986. This legacy goes back much further than that it's it's third generation here um it used to be called fairfield produce and then it grew and morphed and got bigger and changed um but it's been in the same family that entire time so we love that we love that we're kind of carrying the torch it's partly why we've maintained some elements of the building because we want the story to remain um and so we've worked really hard to sort of honor what came before but still you know Obviously, we're not Oxford Foods any longer, and the hope is that people don't expect that of us. <laughs> um, but it is really important to for all Oxford Foods customers to feel welcome, and we hope that we can make them feel at home here. Um, well, at the same time, I imagine the root cellar customers, you feel at home there too, right? Yeah. It's like this almost a sort of blend. Well, the idea is that I think any entrepreneur, anyway, I mean... I will speak for myself. Um, our goal has always been that everyone feels welcome here. Oh, yeah. And that at least, you know, everyone shops. Some people shop for price first. Some price shop for quality. Some shop because of convenience, location. Um, for some people, it's the hours of the store. For some people, it's because it's on their way home from work. For some people, it's because they only shop local or they want organic selection. We want to at least, we want to honor everyone's priority. If we can, that's that's the lofty dream. So the price conscientious shopper can be satisfied here. Same with the gourmet shopper. Same with um, the person that lives down the, down the street, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, the dream has always been that everyone feel welcome here. So it remains the same as it always has been. So with the Oxford location here, Oxford Corner, are there going to be differences of this store versus the other store? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. We will not be having a coffee project at this location, and we will not be having a potting shed at this location. We will have a full chop shop, um, butcher and deli, same representation, 
it's going to be delivered a little bit differently, but everything you're used to will be available here. Um, and then the general vibe in the space is different. Um, otherwise, in what, way, in what way is the vibe different? Um, the store is kind of like Mackenzie's big, slightly cooler sister brother. Mm. <laughs> you know, he's gone off to college and gotten some style. Yeah. <laughs> so over the years, maybe learned a few things and now they're kind of like showing off. Yeah. Ah, it's a tiny bit. It's a tiny bit. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and the other location, I, I got told this recently, I didn't know about this, but under the sign, there's the handprint of your three sons mm -hmm. in the concrete. Yeah. Is there going to be any type of Easter egg along those lines or some little thing that you'd like to share about this location? Uh, we do have a time capsule somewhere in the bowels of the building that someone may find one day when they tear it down. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. We've got our entire leadership team from the other store contributed treasures and stories and things to the time capsule. And um, no one but Adam and I will know where it is, building. Um, so we're kind of planting literally, did, it be, did you call it a dinosaur egg? What did you call it? Um, anyways, Easter egg, Easter egg. Yeah. I'm down with <laughs> Easter eggs. Anytime, like at a restaurant, there's a secret menu or anything that people don't know about. Yeah. Like I, I just, I love that stuff. Like the insider <laughs> info. I don't yeah. know what it is about it, but it's, I, I, I get a kick out of it. Yeah. Me too. Um, so I, I, I definitely hear you on, on the community of Cook Street Village, because for me, like living near here. It just anytime you walk down to the village, there's there's just it's it's like its own ecosystem mm -hmm. of a million things going on at any given time. Is there something else that you're also like super excited about? You're anticipating that when you open that you're like really looking forward to about this location. Um, I'm actually a little bit scared. To be honest. Okay. Um, and I'm using that word liberally, but people are so excited. Like we're getting stopped on the streets, like we're getting messages. Like if I sat outside with a clipboard, like 10 people will stop me and like, oh, when's it coming? Like they're so they're so excited. Um, and that's so much pressure. <laughs> so it's like they're just expecting their minds to be blown. Um, and that's really scary. Okay. It's kind of daunting. Okay. Yeah. To be honest. So don't put it on a pedestal. Like, <laughs> well, let's, 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 I mean, you can, but just be aware that, like, don't make it so big that no one could live up to it. Right. Yeah. I mean, this store is, it's, it's intended to be everything that you know and love about the OG root cellar, mm -hmm. um, except for coffee and potation. Um, with, you know, this cake just has slightly different icing on it. Um, but yeah, people are, I'm, I'm not sure what they're expecting. If they're expecting that root cellar here, then I feel okay about that. But the enthusiasm is so high that I'm a little bit nervous. They're expecting like, you know, showgirls and trapezes. And I don't, I don't know. You got to have a water slide. <laughs> and a water slide. Yeah. You got to have that. If you don't have that, I'm going to riot. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm, we will see. Okay. We're feeling I like brave. the humility though. I, I like that. It's it's kind of daunting. I mean, it's very flattering. It's yeah. extremely flattering to get that kind of feedback. Like what business owner gets to hear that all day? Like I'm beyond humbled by it, but um but yeah, it it does it's a lot of pressure. So do you do you feel like like owning that and now taking this on and that 
do you constantly feel pressure? Would you say? Yeah, but in a good way, like healthy pressure. Yeah. I think that's why um, we've thrived is because we are intentionally listening and responding and always changing and trying to improve and be better. Um, you know, if you're not evolving, then you're kind of dying. Um, so I want the pressure. Like, I feel like the pressure is important. Um, it's just really accelerated at this juncture. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know if you've ever seen the book Mindset. Yeah. But uh Carol Dweck. Yeah. That's and if anybody hasn't read that thing where she breaks down like a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, that's an amazing read. Mm -hmm. But a hundred percent um the growth mindset camp is what I'm in a hundred percent. Yeah. You and, have to. Uh, you have to be. Yeah. Exactly like you said. I it's just kinda like if you're stationary or this stagnant to me, it's you're just kind of just doing nothing and I don't know. I just don't get excited about that. And I mean I think that most entrepreneurs, I mean, that just would not be satisfying going to work and doing the same thing every day. Why would we have done our own thing to go to work and do the same thing every day? You know, I don't know. When, when you're going to open up another location like this, um, and you, and you, you're going to take that jump. How scary is that? Like at, at certain points that it must be like really scary. I'd imagine that it must get a little bit comfortable but then there's another thing that might pop up. Um, no, it's mostly just scary. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you have to, I mean, the buck stops only with us, right? There's no one saving the day if things go off the rails. So that's scary. And we took on a um, legacy property, but also a property that was quite tired. Um, and it's taken a lot of love to to rebuild this space. It looks and, radically different down there. Yeah. And it's radically more expensive than we thought. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard about renovations can get a bit out of control. Yeah. And you know, you have, you know, you kind of plan for surprises, but there were many. Um, and you know, sometimes those kinds of surprises actually bump your retirement back and your children's college fund back. Your surprises have surprises. Yeah, that's right. And it's fine. Um, so that enthusiasm that we're receiving really helps like manage that stress a little bit, you know, that people at least will come. <laughs> um, and yeah, it is, it is incredibly um, rewarding, which makes the risk. Absolutely. I would do it again. I would do it again. I would do it again. Yeah. Even knowing the surprises that we've encountered and the delays we've encountered. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's been interesting. Because when did this when did this first start? Like this location, the first talks, or or <laughs> when? Did, how long ago? Like has this been going on for? Well, that's a fun story. Um, negotiations for the space began December 2019, right before COVID. Okay. And then we like signed the final paperwork. Oh, I'm not even sure. Maybe July of 2020, so peak COVID. Okay, so you, yeah. so do you think like had COVID started before, um, like in December before, would you still have sort of got that ball rolling? You know, I don't know. There were days where we were like, who opens a new business in a pandemic? Crazy people. Crazy people do that. I respect it. Um, but then we also felt like this was the one other spot, mm. right? This was the one other spot where we knew we couldn't walk away from the opportunity. Um, and that felt important 
to at least stay the course through the, you know, not to bail at the beginning because of a pandemic. Um, so it did actually, it kept us on the rails with the negotiations. And then, and then to be honest, I feel like that learning around essential service and frontline workers and things actually kind of gave us a different person or a new, a fresh perspective on what we were doing that like really grocery stores will probably be the last thing to go out of business. Right. Cause you, you do have to eat or you will die. Um, and it wasn't a factor that wasn't something that was ever part of our thought process before. Um, and yes, there was tons of competition in the marketplace, but that people, the fact that people's, um, buy-in to small business and locally sourced food was accelerating also helped, um, increase our bravery, I guess, during the pandemic when we were doubting everything. Um, so yeah, I think it kind of was a wash. I think it kind of flushed out in the end and here we are. We're almost here. We're almost here. We're almost here. I want to, I want to ask you when it's going to be open, but I know that there's no, that won't be shared. I will be less vague than last time. Okay. Yeah. Do we have do we have a sort of a ballpark a day or a time or Damn time maybe a second <laughs> like I would like a, like a second countdown eight oh one a.m. on no um no I'm sorry that's not gonna happen but we will be open in the last two weeks of October amazing that's a much narrower target than we've been doling out yeah that's awesome that makes me super excited because you have no idea I, I'll admit lately I've been eating. A lot of stuff I shouldn't really be eating, like unhealthy <laughs> stuff. So I do need I do need to get back on my quinoa salad um, stuff that I make, where I just load up with tons of veggies from the root cellar, <laughs> throw it in with some uh, some ground beef or ground chicken, and then just put that together. And then I get to try out all the different sauces that I buy at like the uh, farmers markets. Nice, because there's so many cool producers here in town that just have, like, literally my fridge has 40 different sauces or things you can mix in. So it's like a different experience every night. We built a house three years ago, <clears throat> and we have a condiment fridge. Oh, really? How big is this condiment <laughs> well, it's fridge? It's technically like a beverage fridge, like a drawer. Yeah. That you is for drinks, but we keep ours is for condiments. I think my whole fridge is a condiment <laughs> fridge, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's why we did it because we have no room for fresh food because of all the condiments. Anyway, so they live. They have a home. <laughs> Yeah, you're real. Okay. I, I like that. I, and I do got to say, by the way, if people ever go to the root cellar, pick up a bottle of Yeshi because um, that stuff is like, is insane. Are you original or are you spicy? Neither. Oh, the Chipotle? The yes. Sp- okay. hundred percent. Huh? Yeah. I'm only, I, I, I think I do need to vary a little bit and get the other ones again, but the past... Uh, 20, 25 bottles that I bought have been the Chipotle. Really? Yeah. I love them all, but I think spicy is my favorite. I still haven't tried the Caesar dressing one. Neither have I. Do you have a favorite product for like personally in the store? Uh, green sauce? No. Right now. We have got the green sauce yet. Oh, it's okay if you want to your... choose that though. Um, Actually, I've... Hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It's fine. Um, Favorite product. When we... Hmm. So many. I don't want to put you on the spot if you don't want to. No, I'm just having a hard time with one. I have so many. You could choose top five. If five that stand out. Okay. When we opened the chop shop, I was, um, I was raised vegan. Um, and then when I met Adam, I started eating poultry and seafood and that's kind of occasionally bacon. Um, anyways, um, so the chop shop was a big leap for me to get behind. 
because we buy like whole animals. It's really something back there, um, yeah. which is the only way I could sleep at night was doing it properly. Um, but even still, um, it was tricky for me to adjust to. And uh, Adam, when he was doing all the recipe development for the in-house sausages and everything, he made me a sausage. Shout out to the butter chicken sausage. That one's amazing. Yeah. But the one, there's one sausage that Adam made for me, and it is the um, chicken sausage with apricots and goat cheese and herbs de Provence. We don't have it all the time, but it's my favorite. Also because it's kind of like, it's kind of like a love letter. You know, like he just put all my favorite things in one place so that I would have something to look forward to at the chop shop. So is that one called the Daisy? Well, n- only in my house. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I really like the purple yams when you guys get those. Mm, yeah. I don't know where they come from, but I, and I, I don't know if I've seen them anywhere else. They're but, amazing. But those, those particular ones, absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. The texture, the texture is different than like a sweet potato mm-hmm. or a yam. There, there's a different texture, but th- those things crush. Yeah. They're fantastic. If I was having to pick a favorite vegetable, I feel like most days it would be kohlrabi for me. I'm a kohlrabi girl. Um, and actually, I'm on the mean sauce train right now. I think I've maybe consumed my lifetime supply of green sauce, and I'm kind of switched to team mean. Really? Yeah. Because how many different sauces? There's, there's For people that don't know, maybe we should just get into that. <laughs> The green sauce is like this, it's got this folklore now, like this cult following almost, it seems like, where once you have it, you just understand that now like <laughs> there's, there's people that like green sauce and there's people that haven't tried it. I don't know if there's really anything in between, um, but uh, like, I just remember when I used to go like years ago and it was in that little fridge on the way to go to the lineup. tiny little, yeah. tiny little Costco bar fridge. Yeah. That was <laughs> like that. I would, every time I walk by it is load up. Yeah. So yeah. what's, what's the story behind the green sauce? Um, Adam made that recipe to complement the Peruvian rotisserie chickens, actually. Um, we have the Peruvian chicken sausage and we have the rotisserie chickens themselves. And he just wanted a condiment to like make it easy. And and that was what he came up with. And then it just <laughs> took on an entire life of its own. It is bananas. Like quite often if we're out, you know, at a parent teacher event or whatever and they say oh what do you do we say we own the root cellar they say oh you're the green sauce people (laughs) we've like yeah it's kind of it's surpassed root cellar it's been it's crazy oh really so you think the the fandom it's just different it's it's i don't even know what you call that i guess you call it i well that kind of sounds creepy yeah, but it's okay to be. I mean, I'm a, I'm obsessive about things, certain things. <laughs> um, yeah, people are just people are nuts. Like we have those. We sold T-shirts for a while that said I have one. the green sauce shirt. Yeah. Um, but like I see them on the streets regularly. We yeah. just kind of made them as a joke, but people are like just really into it's. It's phenom- It's a phenomenon. That's the word. And again, that shirt. It, I think it said. What 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 did it, it says say? You can't make everyone happy. You're not green sauce. Yeah, I you think. can't make everyone happy all the time. Something like that. You're not green sauce. Implying that it does. And and I I, I got to say, it definitely, I mean, anything I've ever paired it with, it works. And I remember that there, there was a demo in store at one point where you guys kind of had like five different things and it's just like, here, 
here's this random thing and here's green sauce. It goes with it. Yeah. Here's another thing. It goes with it. You know how that happened? No. My kids used to make me watch that. Oh, what is it called? Good Mythical Morning. Do you know it? Oh, yeah. With those two guys. Yeah. And they do this dumb. It's like a YouTube show. I've never seen it, but I know what you're talking about. And they about. do this stupid thing and they do like, does it smoothie? And they'll just like put a pizza in the blender and drink it and decide if it's smoothies or they'll, or they'll do like, does it cereal? Can you pour milk on it and eat it like it's cereal? And they'll put like, um, crackers or grapes or just whatever bacon and they'll pour milk on it and eat it. It's just, it's, so it's just a silly gimmick, but, um, I was actually on a podcast once that never aired <laughs> for other reasons. And we this one will air. We played we played a round of does it green sauce and we literally dipped one hundred things in green sauce. It was very fun. So then we kind of the demo was a spin-off of that. We simplified it, obviously. And then out of all those things you paired, did anything not pair with it? You know, our staff regularly kind of play desert green sauce on their own um and we haven't got many people on board with green sauce as a soft serve topping okay <laughs> that I'm seems sure... to be the one that is kind of keeps people on the fence no i there's definitely going to be some type of pairing you can do with it that, that it's going to work it might not work with everything like you let us know i'd have to give that thought yeah there's definitely going to be something that you could combine that with in that field hundred percent. Bring it on. Because soft serve, I mean, they, that could be anything, right? We've so. we've joked about having like maybe we bring in some chefs and we have like a you have to make a green sauce dish and they have like a little contest or you know like instead of a pie contest we have yeah. a green sauce contest. I don't know. In our spare time, one day that would be very cool. It'd be fun, wouldn't That'd it? That'd be an event. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that some type of thing where if you did something like that and did it yearly, that could be really cool. Because like with the obsession, I, I guess I shouldn't use that word with the <laughs> fandom and the the um. Just the level of how much people enjoy it to have some type of green sauce event, because then for people that haven't tried it, that might even get the word out even more. Mm -hmm. So that more people might get behind it. Mm -hmm. But I think there are enough people, especially in the community, um, people at home, and and I'm sure there's all sorts of recipes people have that they make specifically to pair with that. Oh, people send us pictures of things that they do, um, and like they we get little notes about. They think that they've tried it a new way and they let us know in case we've never heard of it. It's very, it's very endearing. Like, I wonder if you took that and froze it and made it into like a popsicle. Please do that and let me know. How would that go? I don't want it. You don't want that? <laughs> I think that would, that would maybe green sauce. Might be interesting, but it might be something to try. Do it. So you, you do have, you as well now have the mean sauce, which yep. I got to admit, I don't think I've ever tried it <gasps> for some reason. I think I have actually. I don't remember. I'm I'm so like all in on the green sauce. We've had the green the mean sauce for quite some time, but we have some chefs in the house right now. We have chefs running our delis, and they elevated the mean sauce, and it will blow your mind. You so like it's it it's the same recipe, but just no, it's revamped. got a bit oh same as it was before. Um, like the same yes. same ballpark. It's, it's been balanced, balanced better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so th those are the two, right? You don't have any other. Other ones, and you do have vegan versions as well. We have a vegan green sauce. Yeah, I don't believe we have a vegan mean sauce at this time. Um, we also have a peanut sauce that we do from scratch in house. Yep. Um, we had a garlic aioli. I'm not sure if that one is on the shelf right now. Um, 
And how many of the recipes? Sorry, I'm just. That's good because I feel like I'm forgetting something. So cut me off. But but um, your husband, how many different recipes for different things does he come up with in the store? Because like, so he came up with the green sauce. I would say <clears throat> most of them are his until this wave of. We've had deli team who have who have done a bunch. Sorry, we've got deli team have done a bunch over the years. Um, but like the meat recipes were largely his forever. Um, and a lot of the deli stuff. It's because he loves it. Mm. It's just kind of his. And does he have a, like a, a classical background in different in, things, or just just like... in loving food? Okay. Yeah, I respect that. <laughs> He's doing better than I am, though, because I, I mean, I think I love food, but I can't make anything. No, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's. I. We both love to cook, but I. We have three kids, so I'm kind of the survival cook. Yeah. And he is the gourmet cook. I see. Like when we do Thanksgiving and Christmas, he does like the focal points, and I do all the side dishes. We're a good team. What's your favorite <laughs> aspect of like a holiday meal? The actual food, I, I, for me, I would say like time with family and, and that would be the number one yeah. for sure. Yeah. But as far as like, is there, is there out of all the different holiday meals, um, is there one item that stands out to you? Because I, I would say for me, it's, it's stuffing. Mm. Um, for me, it is Brussels sprouts all day. Mm. Yeah. And are you doing anything to prepare those like special or? Mm. I mean, it's not that special to me, but we like slice them razor thin and pan fry them with um, bacon and garlic and chili flakes and pine nuts. So that's and, where the bacon comes in. Yep. It's the Brussels sprout dish. Yeah, it's just to elevate the Brussels sprouts. Of course. Um, uh, pine nuts, what else? Parm, fresh parm on top, um, flat leaf parsley. It's just kind of, and you just cook it till it's just al dente and then eat it right away. It's beautiful. Yep, I love it. And all three of my children love it. Which is also why I love it. Because you're getting the Brussels sprouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can imagine that. That's probably a challenge with that. If you have a kid, I, I would imagine Brussels sprouts probably aren't the first thing they're going to want to have or get excited not, about well, it at all. Not typically, but we struck gold with ours. They love it. That's awesome. They don't like a lot. I mean, they're children. They, I mean, they're young men. They don't love everything, but they do all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just learning to like stuff that's green, to be honest. <laughs> like probably up until like, you know, five years ago, I probably didn't eat veggies really at all. So, oh. or I shouldn't say that five to seven. When I started going to the root cellar, honestly, oh, that's kind of when I started. converted you to vegetables. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I figured, it, I thought it was time that I maybe start to eat a little bit more healthily or as I was getting older. We hired a girl once in the Okanagan a million years ago who didn't know a zucchini from a cucumber. So you're not alone. And she formerly worked at a gas station where she bought all her groceries. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that, I wasn't quite on that level, I think. We but hired I mean, her just because we wanted to help her not die of malnourishment. <laughs> well, that's good. And then I imagine she probably started getting the veggies from Root Cellar. And... Well, it wasn't Root Cellar. This was, oh, was, this was ancient history. I yeah. see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, but I think back what I used to do, I used to like buy the big boxes of just chicken. Like they come in the boxes, like the breasts. Like the seasoned chicken breasts from Costco or something? Yeah, I don't think they're, they're – it's the box. It was from Costco. Um, yeah, the purple box or whatever. But now like thinking about that I used to eat that, I just – I mean, no offense to the to that, but I just – I can't imagine going back to that because once you have – and again, eating a tomato right off the vine, 
totally different experience than than going to some big big box store and getting something. Yeah. Um, when you get good quality ingredients, it's just on another level. We only know what we know. Yeah. And our taste buds only know what they know, right? I had a, I had an experience recently at um, at Hanks, where they had this event dinner and they had these um, these prawns that Clark said were regarded as the best in the world. Mm-hmm. So the cost on them I think was like six bucks each just for one prawn, and they were massive. Um, and my understanding of what a prawn could be, like I'd always had spot prawns and thought they were great. Mm-hmm. And it's, this has happened a couple different times now. This happened with bluefin tuna um, sushi as well. But it's like when you have something, there's just there's a there's another level that I had no clue existed. Yeah. And then I had this thing, and and I just I I didn't know how to comprehend what I was having because it was in such a different world. It's I mean, and everyone has those things in their diet and they don't realize. So many people think they don't like broccoli because they've only ever had undercooked or overcooked broccoli, right? Or but look at eggplant. Yes. Somebody cooks eggplant wrong. You got this rubbery uh, rubbery mess. Yeah. Tofu. Oh yeah, tofu. Very you misunderstood. Can, yeah, you can't just buy tofu if you don't know what you're doing. It's going to be gross. Um, yeah, no, I would 100 percent agree with that. But it's a yeah. There's these things. So if if you do buy local and you do buy good quality stuff, there's just there's a whole other level out there. I feel like that you can play with that uh, people just might not be aware exists. But it's amazing when you find it and you unlock it and you sort of um, become aware of it. I like that. Unlock it. Like it's a treasure chest. Yeah, it's like an achievement. Yeah. Kind of for yourself. Just yeah. like like life achievement. I just unlocked a new level of uh a prawn. <laughs> the only thing that sucks is they're from Spain, so I can't have them really. <laughs> like that was my one shot, but they were like in that instance, they were they were absolutely incredible. Um random question. Yeah. At the other location, mm-hmm. the car on the roof. Mm-hmm. That's Wally. Yeah. So what's 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 the story behind Wally? Um uh, uh maybe three years in maybe two years in adam decided to take our eldest son who was probably like 12 at the time going on a boys trip for the weekend and he came back with that truck he had rented a flat he had surprised me had bought it somehow and drove to walla walla washington the house of walla walla onion the home of walla walla onions sweet onions yeah. and brought back wally it was a farm truck from Walla Walla. From down there. Yeah, so obviously we couldn't name him anything else. Um, I think he's 108 years old. Wow. Because he was like 98 when we bought him, so somewhere in there. Um, yeah, he's just charming, and the roof was empty. I honestly don't know what possessed Adam to buy him. We had him in the store at first. He was in the store, and we merchandised on him and around him. And then he um, was taking up too much space. Hmm. So he had to go and I forget whose idea that was, but it was genius. Yeah. It's, it's kind just, of like our little crown up there. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and Walla Walla for nobody that, or for anybody that hasn't been there, it actually give it gives me a Victoria vibe. It feels like a smaller I Victoria. I haven't been there. Oh, really? No. Yeah. My, uh, I have good friends that live down there. Uh, they used to live in Dayton, which is I think a half an hour away. Yeah. But that was, that was like super small town and Walla Walla is a little bigger. So they moved to Walla Walla, but it, the downtown of Walla Walla, the, the the like the architecture and the vibe of it kind of reminds me of Victoria, hmm. just like a smaller smaller uh, size. Hmm. As far as like demos in the store, yeah, are are those those aren't a thing yet? Are they? They did let demos back in. Yeah, 
with the, the COVID rules. Um, I'm not sure if they've been removed again. We made the choice not to do them because it felt uncomfortable. Um, it seems strange that they were allowed. Um, and now with masking, obviously, no. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to getting to do it. Yeah. We're actually starving to get to do it. Um, but it's tough not because until it's the right thing to do. 100%. And it is tough. I, I find that like when I go into the, like the farmer's market, um, like I went to the Esquimalt market and I know quite a few people there mm -hmm. and they all basically said that when you can let people try stuff, mm -hmm. the, the difference in not people not trying it versus trying it, there's a massive, massive difference in this people in the uptake in product. Mm -hmm. Cause it is tough. Like if you go to somewhere and you want to buy, um, like, like a bottle of Yeshi. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you going to drop that money on that bottle, not having tried it? Yeah, it's and it's tough. just and there's a whole bunch of bottles. Like, how do you know which one to get? It's tough when we bring on new things right now, and we can't have people. Yeah, for the same reason, we can't have people try it when something costs ten dollars. It's tough. It's a tough sell when they've never tried it before. And we even have a ton of new proprietary items that we're doing in our delis, our grab and go things, and it'd be amazing to get to sample them. But no, you must get approached just all the time by people wanting you to carry their product. I imagine. Um, yeah, yeah, we do. And how, how hard <laughs> is that for you to sort of take that in and like, like decide if you're going to carry something or is it just, I mean, the store is pretty full, right? It is tough because space is such a commodity. So to make room for something, we often have to release something else. Um, so our decisions are, it's, it's tricky to navigate. I mean, there are amazing products that we just have to make room for, but it's often at the expense of another listing, mm. um, which is really unfortunate or shrinking a listing, maybe shrinking a listing. Um, there are so many things like ice cream is a great example. There are so many amazing little ice cream companies in town and we can't, our freezer is small. Like grocery stores have multiple aisles of freezer and we have four doors of freezer. Um, so it's, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to make those calls. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, in a perfect world, you just carry everybody. Yeah, Give everybody absolutely. a shot, but it's not, that's not always possible. Yeah. One thing I really like about the root seller is the merchandise. Like the, uh, um, the bags you guys have. Because I like the cheeky one with the eat your, eat your effing vegetables. Yeah. I love that bag so much <laughs> that it just like, and, and I got one of the, actually the, um, I think it was the anniversary, the the black version. Oh, the black one for the ten year, yeah. Yeah, so I, I even have one of those. But and the same thing with the shirts, like the <laughs> the green sauce shirt, the avocado shirt. Who's coming up with these ideas? Um, the marketing is all me and Susie, who you've met. I mean, we have the odd little thing that um, sometimes we'll have like a little focus group with our team. Um, we had a we had a contest once with our staff and they each got to like pick something that went on one of the jute bags and the staff that the employee that won Danny he um one of our bags for one season said you know if you were a fruit you'd be a pineapple i think it said or something fun like that um so yeah we do involve the team occasionally and try to do fun things but um yeah that's a uh, it's me and Susie just throwing down ideas Throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, kind of. <laughs> and that 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 particular bag, yeah. The eat your fucking vegetables, yeah. For people that haven't seen it, it's got an F with a bunch of little characters, yeah. Um, farming, 
starts with F, ends with G, just so you know. Okay, that's true. Anyways. Actually, that's true. Um, <laughs> is that bag? Because I haven't seen it there recently. We it- are sold out of it right now. It's okay. not discontinued. It just always, we buy... <clears throat> 300% more of that bag than in the than the other bags and it always sells out first. Okay. Like we're frankly sick to death of it because it's been god 7 years. We thought it was just a thing we would say for a season and carry on. I think we started I started I started that one when that um that kids book Go the Fuck to Sleep came out. Hmm. I don't know that one. Oh, it's hilarious. Um it's it's just a storybook saying, you know, go the fuck to sleep like it's just what we're all thinking it's quite funny there's a there's an audio like there's a you you go on youtube and you can it's been read by like morgan freeman this hilarious sweary children's book is the best thing ever um so yeah that's what inspired eat your fucking vegetables um but yeah we thought it was just going to be a flash in the pan but people just want it more and more and more so yeah it does offend one in every five thousand people unfortunately and i'm sorry yeah Unfortunately, you can't make everybody happy. No, but it, I mean that that to me that one is just in good spirit. Like it's just it, to me, it's 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 hilarious. The second I saw it, I'm like, I need two of these. It's funny when when we do get the very occasional complaint about it. It's often, what am I supposed to tell my kids? And it's like, this is the conversation we need to be having. <laughs> this is what goes through my mind when you won't eat your vegetables. Um, anyways, it's funny. And do you have a uh, a favorite vegetable? Yeah, kohlrabi. Oh, yeah, that's right. We talked right now, about that. Right now, it's kohlrabi. I love beets. I love yellow beets. Um, I love warm tomatoes right from the garden. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, see, tomatoes fresh from the garden. It's like a. It's like dessert. Yeah. If you get the right one. Yeah. It just it's it's way different than if you go to like a, a big store and you got something that's been off the vine or whatever for you know a month already. Yeah. It's a totally different experience. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a vegetable girl. Like I, when I go to restaurants, when I choose my entree, I choose it by the side dishes. Really? Yeah. If something comes with like a jicama slaw or like a fennel salad or a lentil thing, I'm all in. And if it happens to be fish or chicken, it's whatever, it's fine. Okay. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So yeah, it shows your priorities. Yeah. You're living it. Yep. I love it. <laughs> Daisy, this has been amazing. I Sweet. want to thank you so much for the uh, yeah. for the time. I just oh, I want to talk about something else. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what would you like to speak about that we haven't touched on? Um, I don't know if you even know because we launched it kind of quietly. Um, I want to talk about Root Cellar Common. Do you know about Root Cellar Common? No, I know nothing about this. Okay, so <clears throat> Common is um, sort of a house private label that we have started um, selling, um, and. So we have proprietary items like green sauce that we make in-house. Um, the common line of items are things that we don't make, but that we endorse. Um, so, But they're branded with Root Cellar Common. Um, all of the packaging is designed in-house, which is super fun. And the idea is that they are kind of um, staples. They're the things... We have a nice story about Woo! We have a nice story about it that I don't have memorized, but the idea is that they're not the star of the show. Green sauce is the star of the show, obviously. Um, but you have to put green sauce on something hmm. kind of idea. So um we have um we have a pasta sauce coming and a salsa. They're kind of pantry essentials, the basics um that sort of 
not the star of the show, but the show cannot go on without them is kind of what we say. Okay. Yeah. So basics. Um, and so are these made by like local producers? Some are local. Some, they're all Canadian. Yeah. Um, there's a peanut butter that's made by Max at um, Island Nut Roastery. Yep. Um, what else have we got? Oh, I'm not a very good self-promoter. I'm it's okay. Gapping. I can make stuff up, but I we don't have do that. some canned beans coming. Um, we're rebranding all of our dried spices and herbs as root cellar common. Um, we have a locally made granola coming. That's amazing. Awesome. Um, like ridiculous. Eat the whole bag kind of granola. Um, yeah. See, the, the problem is I, I buy, when I buy granola, I get it um, from Jessica and I buy like a big tub and I literally want to eat the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I just, like, I can't do that. I know I can't. But so I'm, I'm curious about this stuff because then if it is, I probably, yeah. It's fantastic. To, it's not on the shelves yet. Hopefully maybe by Halloween we're working on it. Um, so yeah, we're excited about it. We just want to, and it's, uh, there's a coconut milk coming. Did I say salsa? I did. Hmm. Anyways, it's going to constantly be growing, but um, we just like the idea of bringing forward basics that we stand behind. Um, because when you're standing in front of a shelf of beans in cans or whatever, we've tried them all, the quality's there. And then the pricing is also there. So they're kind of just there for everybody. That's so you're making the idea. it easy. Like yeah. basically like the in-house one, you can trust this. Mm -hmm. It's going to be good. Mm -hmm. Just pick it up and give it a shot. Yeah. Everyone needs these things. They're things we all have in our cupboard that we, they're ingredients. They're things that contribute to they're the pieces that make meals amazing. Are you guys going to have tortilla wraps? In general? No, like the common. Oh, common. Common, like, um, like tortilla wraps. We should talk to Israel about that. No, um, I don't know. Okay, should we? That's just an item that I that I I think it would be cool. Because hmm. all the ones I buy are all more more. They're not mass produced, but they're. I don't know. I feel like that's something that I would. I don't. I don't have like. I mean, Israel's shout out to Mize, <laughs> like for 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 um, tacos and and the small tortillas. They those crush. Yeah, they like. Do. They, they've redefined again. This is another situation where I had that and then it made all other tortillas to me seem stupid. Yes. Like, like essentially <laughs> like this is so much better that it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, but an actual, like a, a big, a big, uh, shell or a wrap. I don't know. Um, I feel like I don't, I don't have like a, like a go-to. Oh no. I just kind of navigate around to different things. Huh. We have some good ones. I'll point them out to you. Okay. I'll let the boys know that could happen. We'll see. Good to know. Just a random idea that I had. Yeah. I don't know. I could be talking out of my ass. <laughs> so All the right. common stuff, though, that's really cool because like, that's basically like your in-house. Yeah. Your in-house uh, option. Yeah. It's our president's choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or yeah, like I used to work at God, Chopper's Drug Mart. That's so it's way like, underselling it, but. It's like life brand. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. We're excited about it. Just a fun COVID project. Would that have happened if it was not for COVID? Totally, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't really seem like something that COVID would have necessarily... I was being facetious because I don't know how we managed to find time for it amongst opening a new store and navigating <laughs> pandemic, but it happened and we're excited. Yeah. Your, t your time right now must be like booked down to like the, every five minutes. Yes. We call this the feed me phase of business development. I don't cook now and I extra super don't wash dishes. Mm. 
I'm accepting casseroles and I am patronizing all the amazing restaurants in town, lots of takeout, but there's no time for that craziness and you know, dishwashing. It's fun doesn't, not doesn't doing win. dishes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, right now my uh, at my house, my dishes are stacking up in the in the thing because I've been too busy. Actually, Adam's a bit of a stress cooker, so he tends to. I'm probably going home to an amazing dinner, and then I'll just make my kids wash the dishes. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but we're eating out a lot now, which is fun timing. I'm super happy to support restaurants. Yeah. That need it. Yeah. There's a. There's a yeah. Uh, and then uh, on that tip, I do want to say that that please go out and support. I mean, support the root cellar, support local producers, local growers, but also if you have a favorite restaurant or a few of them, make sure you get out and support them. Because I was talking with one this weekend, and it was horrific what they've been going through. So, um, just a reminder: you might not know the backstory behind places or what's going on in the moment, because a lot of them won't come out. I think and talk about it necessarily publicly. But please make sure to go and support local. That's so fundamentally important that I can't overstate it. Agreed. Yep. Sorry, I just had to go on a no, little thing there. It's a good thing. It's important. Was there anything else? you had written down because i do appreciate that you had notes i don't think so we're hiring okay you need a job come and this see is where us. you're going yeah this is a fun place to work yeah 20 percent off green sauce oh okay there you go so i mean if you're one of the people that is super into green sauce this is how you can get it a little bit cheaper mm -hmm. how are you gonna go wrong with that and the space downstairs i assume is it hiring for this location um both but yes okay because the, i mean the space downstairs with what i've seen it just it looks super cool um and some of the stuff that's not in place yet that you told me about like it's just going to be it's going to be wild and it will definitely i think be a space where you i mean you're going to be happy coming to work i would imagine with the people I hope but so. also the space itself it's very very awesome there will not be a water slide or a bank machine yeah no bank machine no atm so unfortunately, uh, you might have to cross the street to get to the ATM. But other than that, they're going to have what you need. <laughs> um, Daisy, this has been incredible. Thank you very much for the time. My I, pleasure. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's been fun. And if people do want to find out more um, about The Root Cellar, where should they go? Uh, therootcellar.ca. And we're all over Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we don't tweet very often, but we are there. Um, yeah, we're easy to find. One last question yeah. I forgot to ask. Mm -hmm. In all the years of business, mm -hmm. what's the number one takeaway that you've learned or bit like biggest lesson? I think that um, integrity always wins. I think, yeah. I, I think that's the easiest way to say it, really. Um, I would agree with that. And I think that, I mean, we don't really need to we just leave it at that. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end this thing. So I will see you all again soon, whenever that is, hopefully very soon, but thank you, Daisy.